What are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorcas! Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Lotus of Doom, my wonderful co-host. And Lotus, welcome back to the show, man. How's it going? I'm good. I was just talking in the pre-show that for some reason, I think I might have been around a little too much smoke pre-show because... um, yeah, I keep drinking water to try to balance out. I have that weird, like, sort of hoarseness that I need to keep clearing. So hopefully that doesn't cause a problem. I think, if um, anything, it's just sexier and people are just going to well, have no, to hold see, back because problem. you are a married man. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the problem is I don't get the sexy Phoebe voice. Weird friends <laughs> reference for, like, anybody over 38. <laughs> um, oh, but, man. um yeah i don't know for some reason like i i think i was around too many like there's a smoked drink in this place that we were at and there was a lot of smoke and it's um the end of summer beginning of fall so there's a lot of like smoke in my area being in new england there's a lot of campfires and stuff like that and i feel like it's like messed up my vocal it's all just pollution so welcome welcome back to the show we're talking about smoke and how it affects your (laughs) when you speak Uh, you want to live in skyrim because that's where i live (laughs) uh, actually today we are diving into another one of these daedra creatures but we decided instead of doing multiple daedra creatures today that this one was interesting enough to give its own episode if you've played through the Shivering Isles, then chances are you've run into the Golden Saints and the Dark Seducers, but we're specifically focusing more on the Golden Saints. Some Dark Seducer stuff is going to come up as well, but we want to focus on those. Right, and we've kind of touched on the Seducers already, Um, so so we can reference that again, Um, but we've kind of like tangentially that will be related because it's kind of like two sides of the same coin type of deal. Right. Right. So we thought it would be a good idea to to dig a little bit more deeply into them and like specifically they're called the Ariel or Ariels. And uh, there's a lot here. So we're going to give it the whole episode. Um, Yeah. This one might be a little more involved um, than some of the others, which we can cover in about 10 minutes right right some of the others this are like one doesn't really tiny. work with like yeah. that quite so easily right so here let's dig into it a lot of the information that we have is coming from the uesp or documents that we can read on the uesp that come directly from the games so as much of this is as accurate as we can get it and it says here in the introduction section of the part about oriel or golden saints that they are a daedric race of golden skinned winged humanoids with cat-like eyes and elven-esque styled hair 
you know, if you were to describe this to somebody, they'd be like, what? Wait, what? Uh, so here, we're going to put a, a picture up on the screen. This is what they look like. This is a number of uh, different images of them from different locations. There's initially you could come across them in Morrowind and then mostly in the Shivering Isles and then ESO. And they are... I mean, they're, they look like these golden, almost angelic winged on their helmets kind of knights. And they, I mean, they're very fancy looking. They've got lots of armor, different kinds yep. of weapons. Gives a very high elven vibe. Yes. Almost like if you dressed up a high elf in fancy golden armor, this is kind of what you would get. Uh, you can tell the uh, men apart from the women because the women have less armor covering the tops of their chests or because the cleavage 90s. <laughs> because the 90s. Uh, yeah, no, and I was going to say the tactical midriff um, as well. <laughs> you always have to have that. Yeah, they just run hotter. So they need like a like a an air vent <laughs> there hotter. in order to release the, the heat. Heat. That's why that it's for that reason. Sure. There's, that's a fine little reason. <laughs> yeah. But I find it kind of ironic because when it comes to the Golden Saints and the way that they work as a society, they are matriarchal. This is not a patriarchal society where you have no. like the men going, oh, the women have to wear more scantily clad clothing because we the men are in charge. It's not that sort of thing. So seemingly they choose to dress like this because. Yeah, I was going to say the 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 male version of the um, Golden Saints is actually less common. Same way with the seducers. Um, dark seducers it's less common at least in game that you run into male versions of dark seducers kind of similar deal when yeah. it comes to golden saints yeah the, the women are the ones who are in charge of this society which is interesting uh there's a lot of these i don't know intricacies about them that make them kind of stand out and kind of make you wonder about what's actually going on here so let's let's go a little bit deeper the the name golden saints themselves was given to them by and it says here in the text on the uasp lesser beings what that means is mortals because they are daedra they believe they are above all the mortal races and the mortals are lesser than them and they treat them like that and you would think that with a group called Golden Saints that they would be saintly and held to a higher moral standard and maybe treat people in a very specific way. But they don't. They are very cutthroat. They are uh, quick to anger. They can be very cruel and punishing. And like many Daedric races, they don't give a crap about mortals whatsoever, except for some very specific circumstances that come about in some of the quest lines and things that happen in the sure. games. So pretty brutal group, especially for being a group that's uh, matriarchal, you know? Yeah. Like um, it, and, and general, I, I guess, like from terms of like. <sighs> I don't know how to put the strength or power in terms of tiers um, of of like I I, I well it, the idea is to relate it to souls so like the strength level of these uh, Daedra are actually pretty strong so like this isn't like like nine thousand like their power level hit nine thousand and then Vegeta right, I was freaked trying out. to avoid that so. <laughs> Perfect. I was trying to avoid that, but yes, um, they, uh, so one of my earliest memories of these, because originally, at least with Morrowind, there wasn't really a lot explained about these um, creatures. And one of the things about Golden Saints is because they are 
considerably higher level daedra um when you capture them in game in a soul gem they are actually grand souls so they are kind of like top of the line for lack of a better term for this um these creatures are pretty advanced in terms of like we've talked about scamps and stuff like that or or daedrats where they're like you know dramoras and stuff like that these are almost like the elite guard i guess would be a good way of putting it with a lot of daedric realms um because daedra switch it's not necessarily just one alliance yeah they're um, mostly tied to sheogorath but they are but uh, like very other frequently. types of daedra like it kind of comes down to who they want to work for in some cases sure it gives or who they're summoned vibe. by or yep. you know some of that for stuff. sure yeah um but yeah they're 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 terms of strength and power in game at least is incredibly high compared to some of the other um enemies because you do fight them they're they're usually not passive except in like the shivering isles they're pretty passive because they're guards um again tie into shigorath but yeah they're 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 pretty intimidating until you are a high level in game you can't just usually go up and just wreck house on a gold golden saint it's not it's not generally gonna work like yeah. that yeah it seems that in general the more humanoid the daedra are the more f- uh, formidable they are as an enemy to encounter because they're yeah, intelligent that, they wield right. weapons they wield magic you know those kinds of things so these are up at the top of the list of like formidable enemies if you come across them and they will treat yeah. you like that unless they are you know told not to by Sheogorath in the shivering sure. house because yeah, they're working the for him expansion Right. They tend to be guards, so it's like, okay, well, they're not just going to mug you for no reason. Right, but right. if you're a Morrowind and you bump into them, they'll they'll mess you up. Yeah, so a little bit more on them. They are, as we mentioned before, a matriarchal society. They tend to look down upon all males, males of their own species and males of other species, tend to be considered lesser. Um, even the male golden saints consider themselves and other males to be lesser. So it's part of society to just see yourself, if you are a male, being lesser than the female Sure. golden saints around you um the ariel which is what they're also known as have a warrior-like caste system with an eight-tier hierarchy ascending from lowest to highest rank as follows so lowest to highest arin aridel armok armakel arig malarig Pelarig and Armazel. Try to memorize that and say that 10 times fast. Um, the <laughs> I objectively won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, they make up one half of Shiogarath's army when you go to the Shivering Isles. That was the expansion for Oblivion. Yep. Um, and the others are the Dark Seducers or the Mazkin, which they call themselves. So each of these groups call themselves the Ariel or the Mazkin. It's only to other beings that they're known as Golden Saints or Dark Seducers. Um, and these two groups have a, a rivalry. Uh, each believe that they are Sheogorath's favored group or favored people, uh, which seems like it was probably something that was a seed that was planted directly by Sheogorath, not by accident. Yeah, I would imagine that, that that yeah, that does not seem coincidental. Like, oh, it just happened that way. That seems very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the Ariel are heavily linked to mania and mania and dementia are the two different parts of the Shivering Isles. And I find this part particularly interesting because mania is a uh, reference to bipolar 
like if you suffer yeah. from a bipolar disease or whatever the actual yeah, term like is a literal you know psychological right not even like defect it's, it's a like mental illness it's a yeah, it's a mental illness say, psychological right. challenge right like, right type of deal that a lot of people have to kind of balance out and work with yeah and, deal, so. and so in in bipolar if you are bipolar then you suffer most of the time you are in a depressive state and on occasion and sometimes this can happen a few times a year sometimes it's a little bit sure. more common you go into what is called a manic state you go into yep. mania and those two states separate themselves one is depressive where you feel less motivated you have a hard time paying attention doing things like this but when you switch over to a manic state you all of a sudden become hyper productive, way more energetic. And it's like you 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 never quite land in the middle where most people it, probably it's operate. Only both extremes very rarely right. that you ever hit that medium in the middle. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that is a wonderful description of Sheogorath going between his for sure like his uh and, and in the shivering isles it's called mania and dementia so he goes from yeah. being more demented to more manic to more demented to more manic and he goes back and forth and so right. each of these groups kind of lend themselves on one side or the other now the other detail about this is the demented side or the uh the more depressive side are the dark seducers they wear the dark outfits right. they look more subdued and on the manic side are the golden saints who look right. like hyper bright because of the golden appearance and all of that so all of this tracks and connects together for what is in effect a real world psychological condition just kind yeah. of made manifest in Sheogorath and his realm yeah Sheogorath very much embodies the idea of this psychological uh, phenomenon and when you actually look at it um there's a lot of things uh, again if you've never played the shivering isles i strongly recommend it um because it is a fantastic dlc it's honestly it's a dlc that's better than a lot of games i've played <laughs> yeah and there's um, rumor and there's rumor because all the leaked documents that they're working on a re yeah there was supposed to like be a, a release of a uh, remaster already um for oblivion based on all those xbox or microsoft leaked documents um so you know and worst case scenario that doesn't happen and we still have uh sky oblivion on the horizon as right, well right i mean that's um, a whole other conversation i'm i, I kind of feel sure, bad for the team but i also wonder if one version is going to be better if you want to do certain things and other versions could be better if you want to do other things um, it's, it's the same way that like the vanilla version of a game that is released is great and so many people love it and then so many more people love what the modded community does so right. rebelize and his team regardless if this is a remaster and he actually posted on it that it was just like yeah this is super exciting like this isn't a bad thing for us doing sky oblivion like this is still great because it's like so many people can experience oblivion for the first time yeah and then if yeah. they're on the pc they can experience like what it looks like in our vision so it's yeah you know and they tie in they both seem like they're going to be worth playing through one of them is going to be more true to the original one of them is going to be a little bit more updated with skyrim uh, and, yeah, and Sky Blue is probably going to be a little fancier if I'm just going to make yeah. it get. Yeah. Um, but um, one thing that is interesting about the bipolar thing that you had mentioned with the, uh, in this case, mania and dementia, um, if you actually look at Shiagorath himself and if you play the um, Shivering Isles, the way everything is cut, it is very split. Um, so when you go into the like castle, like main hall 
the rug is split down the middle. Yeah. Um, if you ever yeah. look at Shia Gorath's outfit, you'll notice it's cut down the middle and yeah. one side is one color pattern. One side is another color pattern. It's very much a thing that they really, it's, it's subtle until you know it's there. And then it's very apparent how often it's brought up. And the Golden Saints, like you had mentioned, embody the mania version of it, the extravagant version, whereas the Dark Seducers are obviously the the dementia version um, or the depressive state type of thing. So they're much darker, you know, more subdued and stuff like that. So it's it's very interesting to see that dichotomy literally right next to each other all the time. But unless you look for it, it just kind of looks like, oh, okay, whatever. There's two types of things. There's the dark seducers and there's the golden saints. Yeah, whatever. Right, right. Now, we also get in that whole setup, we have uh, a scenario you play through, which kind of uh, explains a little bit about what happens to the souls of these Daedra and how they're brought back into their their bodies and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, it says here in the in the wiki, their sacred home is Brelach. Uh, which lies in the northern part of Mania and Brelek, maybe it says CH at the end. So yeah, it could be no either uh, within it, to pronounce it. Sure. <laughs> sure. Within it, the wellspring of the Ariel serves as a beacon to guide the souls of the saints lost in the void back to the shivering isles. Little is known of their chaotic creation, but their wellspring flows with a golden liquid fitting of the saints. Some golden saints are said to reside in the colored rooms. Um, so, before it gets to the color rooms part, it talks about yep. how their chaotic creation, this idea that they are killed, their souls go back to the void, which is that Sithis sort of whatever that's out there. We've talked about this sure, on multiple occasions. They don't really die. And so they don't die. Kinda, yeah. yeah. So this wellspring draws their souls back to the shivering isles and then they are rebodied. And they, uh, you know, come back. Um, and this is kind of one of the processes and at least one of the more specific views into the process that we see for the way Daedra are kind of eternal. They, they even you, though you kill them, they go back to the void and then they come back. Right. And in this case, they are rebodied as golden. Yeah, it's more displacing them than it is to kill them. Right, right. So we get a little bit of a glimpse of that, which is pretty cool. Um, there's also this other section. Amber that grows in the root systems of the Shivering Isles is linked to the Ariel, which may be used to summon or even bind them. The most powerful among the Ariel require the usage of the rare occurring Shiagorath-shaped Amber. <laughs> Shiagorath-shaped Amber. shaped Amber. Perfect. Yeah, their hearts have modest magical properties. Just another little note here at the end. Um, so, yeah, this all plays into the the stuff that you do in that expansion and all of that. We're also told that um, they, uh, as a symbol of their devotion to Shiagorath, the Oriole engrave their golden teeth with three faces of madness, a symbol for Shiagorath's office, and the average saint is six feet tall. So they're fairly tall taller than yeah. the average human at least sure in our world um yeah they're basically me oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they all um, look like you most of them are female yeah, they're, though they're all so. me apparently they're just <laughs> um but the interesting thing about that like so the 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 tooth thing is kind of weird but like the the three face thing is kind of interesting because again shigoroth's staff the the wabajack has the three face thing and if you this is going to be kind of a deep cut where it gets sort of past lore that super matters anymore but it's worth noting um if you scale back all the way to um 
arena <laughs> before things were super established there was this order of monks and um when you're going around their temple it it had this weird it's almost like the precursor for what the wabajacks symbol or the entrance to the shivering isles it kind of became shergora's thing of the three faces and it looks like they're screaming yeah <laughs> essentially yeah. they were on pillars and like platforms and stuff like that there were these like it, the graphics limited what they were allowed to show back in arena, <laughs> right, yeah, all, yeah all 12 pixels sort of kind of looked like, looked a, like a face potato <laughs> yeah so <laughs> nice but this has been like a symbol that's kind of lasted for quite a while the three faced like image and it's interesting because that ties very much into obviously the the golden saints and then the the, the direct connection to uh Shigorath himself yeah so. i have to wonder what Shigorath promised these two groups the golden saints and the dark seducers that has them so feverishly working for them to the point where they are carving faces right. into their teeth and that's a little more extreme than just like hey i work for I don't know. Right. Well, this is the guy Amazon. that pays that's the like, bills. This is so well, we just like, work for him. Right. That's like I work for Amazon and got a giant like Amazon tattoo on my chest or something. It's like, whoa, that's above and beyond just working where you work. Yeah. This is yeah. like dedication to it. So like we've mentioned before that a lot of the uh, Daedra tend to kind of shift allegiances. Now they have primary allegiances the skidoffin for um oh my god the one with deals why am i spacing on the name uh i don't know that's not gonna be really obnoxious voice in red guard <laughs> oh my god why am i space clavicus vile thank you people are like <laughs> screaming at their tv okay. or their, their, yeah. their speakers right now thank you clavicus vile their allegiance is to clavicus vile but it's like it's not weird to see some oh they happen to have an alliance with someone else type of thing you'll, you'll see atronachs tend to go toward one but then they're somewhere else um the golden saints really have a strong tie it's cultish it's it's, it, cultish. it's a little it's a little cultish if you're if you're chiseling your teeth you're a little past like normal <laughs> right. levels of dedication yeah. even even if you're a daedric creature you know like that's still correct i mean you're going a little bit above and beyond for that um so yeah i don't know if he pays them real good or probably has promised them all sorts of things that aren't actually true and then keeps them in line by having them they get full shirts instead of half shirts <laughs> <laughs> keeps them in line by having the conflict between them and the dark seducers and so they never sure, sure. they're so busy fighting with each other that they don't realize the sheer playing both of them you know like maybe that sort of thing yeah might be um but there's also there's also this quest line that shows up in eso where where, um, I mean, this is interesting. Originally summoned to take the place of a mother who died as uh, in childbirth, a, gold, a golden saint functioned as the mother figure of a, of a young Malker Valos. After Malker's father died in a mage duel, the golden saint was no longer bound to the conjuration spell. That it basically Malker's father conjured the golden saint the way you can many Daedra to just sure. be there and work for him. But then this golden saint took on a mother job looking over this mortal and then this plays out in a quest line where Malkar is like brought back with the saint who like continues to look over him even though he's immortal and 
that's interesting. A, that's some wacky stuff. That's super fun because it breaks the way that that's normally would play out with Golden Saints. Um, so that's a fun thing to look into if you want to dive into that in ESO. Uh, but we have a um, we're gonna have to take our mid break and go thank our patrons. But we have this document called Saints and Seducers, which shows up in the Shivering Isles and then in Skyrim. Yeah. And it has some very interesting uh, perspectives on both the Golden Saints and the Dark Seducers. So we're going to read that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. We got to go thank our patrons. This is a Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls lore cast. All right, we're back. This is the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including our newest patron, Alyssa N. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for joining us. And we have to shout out our Daedric Princes, Kiracy and Sheogorth Sweet Roll, and big shout outs to all 132 of our current patrons. Wow, you guys make this possible. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting. And if you are one of our Dragonborn or Daedric Princes or tier four or higher, patrons then you can join us next week for our patron chat because it's coming up one week of this recording today this is on thursday night it will be thursday the 28th at 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific and we look forward to hanging out with all of you and uh we haven't decided on topic yet so chime in on the discord if you have some ideas things that we usually decide day of <laughs> yeah usually the like 24 hours before the ap- episode yeah. people are a little bit more like oh it's coming up we're ready to talk about it so then it kind of get, but you can always throw some ideas out ahead of time and kind of get ahead of the uh the suggestion thing and then everybody votes and we we go with the conversation so that's coming up if you want to be part of that or anything else ad free episodes getting t-shirts and stickers and all sorts of fun things then go to patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast also if you'd like to help us out with a review on apple podcasts you can do that as well five star reviews will get read out in the future you can also rate the show on spotify you can tell your friends you can tell your mom you can get your mom to start playing eso she's gonna love it I have a feeling she'll really she's really into that. I mean, my mom has zero idea what the hell is going on in the Elder Scrolls, but she really likes the music. There you go. You can get her to just turn the game on and listen to the music. Yeah. And then so. she can listen to this podcast when she's not playing. Yeah, the game. exactly. And then the, mm-hmm. the transition is natural. Yeah, it'll it'll just totally work out. It'll be fine. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for your support. Let's move on with the rest of the show. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right. You ready for this reading, Lotus? I am. And feel free to chime in after like every few paragraphs or so. Sure. Because there's going to be things that we can talk about. This is called Saints and Seducers by Andache... There's a C-H-E at the end. Again, not sure how to pronounce that. I I would chime in with the correct way to say that, except I can't correct you. (laughs) Yeah, again, don't know. And and Doce Marie, I think, is the name. Uh, Sentinels of the Isles, a treatise on Golden Saint slash Dark Seducer culture and history within the Shivering Isles. Now, this game came out with the Shiver, or this book first showed up during the Shivering Shivering Isles expansion. Of course, it's been in games since then. Uh, It starts off with an author's note. 
This volume attempts to sorry, this volume attempts to catalog and analyze known, suspected and rumored facts about the two races that serve to maintain order within the Shivering Isles. It is by no means intended to serve as the authoritative work on the matter, rather rather it is a personal effort on the part of the author to better understand these unique creatures. All right. Main point number 1, in the service of the Lord. In the service of the Lord. I feel like you have to say it like that. Yeah, uh, very much so. <laughs> yeah, it is beyond the scope of this work to determine the origins of the Golden Saints and Dark Seducers. They are Daedra, and as such, their base existence is a mystery to those mortal born. The commonly held belief that all Daedra are incapable of creation suggests that even Lord Shiogorath himself is not responsible for the genesis of these races. Yet, it is worth noting that the Prince of Madness has motives and powers that none may guess. To attempt to do so would only confuse the subject further, as would many things get confused when it comes to yeah. Shiogorath. Stupid little humans. <laughs> <laughs> it is enough, then, to see that they exist and know that it is so. Beyond this knowledge, however, it is curious curious that the saints and seducers serve Lord Shiogorath unerringly. And I've noted this before. It's a little bit weird. These two groups tied to Shiogorath, right? Yeah. This allegiance is ultimate and eternal from all indications, but its source is unknown. Could it be that they themselves were tricked into service by the mad god, or do they simply ally themselves with the greatest power in their realm? Previous literary works suggest that Daedra choose to serve their masters so they fight so they might find protection and safe harbor. Clearly, the saints and seducers have this in the Shivering Isles. Indeed, they have fortresses which few not of their race are allowed to enter. They have power in the realm, acting as guardians of those who serve Lord Sheogorath. Constantly, they vie for the favor of our Lord, fighting any who oppose him and at times even each other. It is reasonable to assume then that they have made a willing choice to take up their role in the Isles. So... It seems like they are have not been summoned there, according to this, but they have chosen to be there and chosen this allegiance. Right. Where So the connection there is still pretty strong. Like there's just like there's some tie that pulls them to the Shiver Giles, to Shagorath himself. Um, but that tie isn't really explained or understood. So I, the idea of them being tricked into it is kind of interesting. Um but for the most part, yeah, they're just strongly linked, I guess would be the best way to explain it to Shiagorath, because the other situation is you will see them other places that are not Shiagorath related, but it's just less common. And it seems like the tie to Shiagorath is much stronger. Right, right. So this next section goes into the character in society. I'm going to just read little bits of this because it gets pretty long and we've kind of some of it will just basically recap some of the stuff we've already talked about. The first paragraph says the immediate image called to mind when hearing the name Golden Saint suggests an angelic figure, elegant and benevolent. It is ironic then that while the Golden Saints embody this image in form, their behavior is in stark contrast to it. The Saints are a proud, arrogant race, quick to anger and cruel in their punishment. There is no question that they view all of the Isles as inferior and make no effort to hide this in their interactions. Uh, it also talks about the Dark Seducers and how they kind of look like 
what you would imagine for a dark seducer to look like and they view mortals as lesser races and all of that this section down at the bottom though is interesting too it says other information can be gathered from observation it is easy to see that the two groups are strongly militaristic in their societal structure one's strength and discipline determines one place in society military commanders for example are revered by their subordinates while further observation or with further observation a second distinction becomes apparent both societies are matriarchal in nature and then it goes on to talk about a lot of the same stuff we talked about there so um but like not only are they matriarchal they're also militaristic which is a combination that is rarely seen it's kind of um maybe amazonian in our own world that kind of thing okay yeah uh so um yeah i i again it's kind of a unique structure that they're built around um yeah yeah it's it's uncommon (laughs) Yeah, it, it that's really it. It's just uncommon, but like again, it seems like in the grand scheme of things, they're also a little more imposing than some of the other groups. Um, Golden Saints have long been like kind of a yeah, don't screw with that. Like, make <laughs> right. sure you're of appropriate level. I mean, this is from a very gameplay perspective thing, yeah. but it's like when you get to Golden Saint level difficulty, it's like that's just shy of end game with a lot of stuff in terms of the gamey portion of it. Um, so, so like, obviously it's considered a hierarchy that actually works because it, it, it has a strength to it um, throughout the series, like all the way back to Morrowind, honestly. Um, it's, yeah, it's these really are tough really enemies. They are trained. Yes, they are skilled. They are like, equipped. Yeah. Right. This is considered like, okay, well, you need to be geared for this. You can't just bumble into this the same way you can against many other things, even like Daedroths and stuff like that. This is like the higher tier quality enemy and their structure seems to just be like, yeah, no, it breeds this higher tier difficulty when it comes to like a gameplay perspective right and this next section kind of uh reinforces that a little bit it's called conflict and conquest any resident of the uh shivering isles can confirm that it is unwise to provoke the golden saints and dark seducers they thrive on conflict and warfare and are quick to punish any and all who disobey acting in their capacity as guardians of the realm does not satisfy them however and so they often engage in combat with one another despite being garrisoned in areas where they are unlikely to interact it is possible that this is more than an outlet for aggressive behavior repeated engagements between the two races may may be of an effort to gain favor with lord shiagoreth we're talking about like that whole like competing against each other sure like for him that kind of thing yeah if uh if one can triumph over the other it would prove superiority and a right to gain soul control over the realm the battle of kylarn is of particular interest as both sides have been locked in combat with no hope of resolution for time beyond memory does this combat serve to sharpen the skills of the two sides maybe that's part of why they're so dangerous as enemies to fight or weaken them when they could be directed elsewhere. If the conflict cannot be resolved, why then does Lord Shiagarth not step in and settle it himself? My guess is that he wants them to keep fighting each other so they don't rebel against him. Yeah, that would be my guess as well. It's almost like a form of distraction. Like, well, you can't pay attention to this if you're busy fighting each other right um and they're eternal so more practice battling and fighting each other in the long run pays off out of it they literally aren't going to right they're just going to become better and better at fighting over time which makes them a better army for him so 
That makes sense, too. This last section is titled Religion and Ceremony. Little is known about the private customs of the Golden Saints and Dark Seducers. They are reclusive when it comes to matters specific to their race, particularly regarding the mysterious process by which they return to the realm in the unlikely event of their death, which we talked about a little bit with the whole their souls coming back from the void thing. It is common knowledge that Golden Saints and Dark Seducers as Daedra cannot be killed. The animus of the Daedra is cast back into the darkness of oblivion. And I love reading this stuff because it gives us slight insights every time you read one of these things into the specific wording that is used and what that may actually may actually mean. So it says the animus of the Daedra is kind of like their soul is cast back into the darkness of oblivion back to as in that was the original source of their of their power is the darkness of oblivion with a capital O, which doesn't mean a specific realm. It's probably synonymous with the void. Right. It's just oblivion, i.e. outside the plane of like Mundus. Mundus. Yeah. 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 And can return to the realm to take form once more. But reports of the time it takes for a danger to return to the realm from the watchers of oblivion, the void, are anecdotal and inconclusive. The process by which they return occurs remains shrouded in mystery. Based on behavior patterns and strength of numbers, it can be deduced that the stronghold for each race plays some major part in this process. And so this is this is hinting at some of the stuff you can come across with the whole finding out how they get rebodied and all of that. Uh, right. And I, one thing to note, which I won't go too deep into, but it is something worth noting. It's Originally, it was one of those things because um, the lore has shifted over the years because, again, The Elder Scrolls isn't written by one person. It's a team of people. And it's not even always the same group of people. Some people who were original writers have nothing to do with the project anymore um, because it's a very long-standing series. Sometimes people get rehired back or they move on to one project and they come back and they Mm -hmm. do something else. Yeah. Or sometimes, um, which is what we're kind of going to touch on real quick without going too in-depth on it. um, Sometimes they, a new group of writers picks up on something that has kind of been not acknowledged for a while and this idea of like going to the void being kind of reformed and brought back is something that was touched on in uh, the elder scrolls legend battle spire (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) which which again uh, all 12 of us who played that game (laughs) um there's a lot of interesting lore in that game Uh, that game is pretty cringe in a lot of aspects (laughs) but there is some interesting stuff related to it and there is one very specific point where it is mentioned that someone or or a a daedra dies like and and you facilitate it um ideally and the process is referred to as like absolutely horrific like it's just this you're pulled out of existence into this horrible void and it's just like you don't have any concept of grounding nothing makes sense and then you slowly painfully reform and then you you're back because you're immortal you're not ever killed right but as a side effect of going through all of these horrible things it takes a piece of your sanity along the way yeah and yeah it's interesting to think of all of these creatures like, well, okay, yes, they're immortal. They don't die, but like they're going through this 
transformative process of like, well, no, you don't die, but you're basically destroyed. You can definitely suffer. Yeah, there's a lot of suffering involved with going to the void and then being basically reformed to be brought back. And over this period of time, you just kind of like get squished back together. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) But as a side effect, you don't forget all of this it's not like it's just lost yeah you're immortal so you do remember this pattern of these like horrible pun you know th- this horrible torture of being basically reef essentially killed without being killed rebody form yeah like right. removed from your body from a living body and then rebodied again and the yeah. in between so it, is terrible right so it rips part of your sanity so then you have this weird thing where it kind of sort of makes sense that it might be tied to Shiragorath, where okay well this is you know so much related to him it seems almost like logical that it's like well okay there's got to be some tie to shiagorath and his insanity related to this as these things are essentially reincarnated over and over and over again if they fall in combat um which they're prone to be in so right we've talked about this before how some of the daedric princes seem more fundamental than others yes like they're older beings that have yep. some fundamental connection to the nature right. of the way the world works or oblivion and we works. And even know that from like the Erdedra thing of yeah. like you know you have Meridia you have um, uh, Hermaeus Mora you, you some of these things it's like some of these creatures it's like well this is fundamental they're they're, they're primordial it's it's like the difference between yeah. uh the olympian gods and the titans like the titans are fundamental powers of nature on sure. some level time and you know gaia like earth itself they're like these fundamental things and then the gods that come came from them are lesser so I mean, they're still tied to nature but they're not as sure. fundamental parts of nature um and like a primary color and a secondary color yeah colors but like a secondary color is made of two primary colors right like Right. You can't have that prior to having the two primaries. Right, right. So somebody like Sheogorath maybe maybe is tied to just the madness of just the nature of the void and oblivion made right. manifest in a, you know, a Daedric prince. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I th- I thought that might be worth bringing up other than the tie in there is that recent less recently now, but in one of the expansions to Elder Scrolls Online, which is the most current active Elder Scrolls game, really, um, in the Deadlands DLC, they kind of reference that again. So it's 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 not a theory that's kind of or, or a piece of lore that's been forgotten. It's still active mm-hmm. that there's this like really grueling process of yes, we're mortal. But, but it's, it's not, not just great. We're invi- we're, <laughs> yeah. we're immortal. We're not invincible. Right, and, right. And that's like this weird thing where it's like there are side effects to being immortal as well. Yeah, they still suffer. And it hits at, hints at it in this document because the very next section right. says common phrases in language among them are things like uh, may the chimes call you home, suggesting that rather than merely a metaphor, sound may play some role in the sequence of events that like rebodies them. And sure. that idea that like 
even among each other, they realize the terribleness of being sent back to the void. And so they want to like beckon the others to like, okay, come back to us because it's going to be better off if you come back in your body than if you're stuck out there in the void. So follow the chimes home to a new body, (laughs) like that kind of thing. Right. Sure. Um, So, yeah. So that part's really pretty cool. And then it ends with uh, any and all information regarding the Golden Saints and Dark Seducers, particularly relating to private customs and origins should be brought to the attention of the author immediately. <laughs> the greater the scope of our knowledge, the better our ability to understand these compelling creatures. So I love that there's a certain amount of vagueness here. Like, we don't know everything, but we at least know some of this stuff we think. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of how it goes when studying Daedric creatures. So For sure. You're never going to get a clear-cut answer. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what we got today for the Golden Saints or the Orioles. And, of course, really interesting stuff. And I'm glad, Lotus, we took the time to do a whole episode about this rather yeah, than just kind of Yeah, this one was a little it. more involved. Like, again, we've kind of joked each episode. We, we've a lot of times had two things that are more fleshed out in the series and then two things that are kind of almost like touched upon. It's like, yeah, this was in the game right, or right. this was in a game. <laughs> this is a funny looking rat monster. All right. R- next right. one. Here's a day rat. Here's four <laughs> sentences on a day rat. It's like, okay. <laughs> right, well, right. But um, this one was a little more involved overall where beyond devoting a full episode, like we tried to just do, it seemed like, you'd be either cutting it too short or you needed to do this where it was like, well, there's a decent amount more to talk about related to these creatures specifically. Right. And this one has, has a lot of stuff on it. And of course, uh, like many of these things, it would be really cool to see more stuff about the golden saints and the dark seducers right in the future. Um, uh, cause they're, they're not gone. They're still there. They're still working. They're very common. As well in the most recent games, um, even as so much as uh, (laughs) PVP in Elder Scrolls Online, which is not a focus. It's kind of almost a joke at this point that it's such an uh, an afterthought um, when it was so much at the forefront originally. Um, When you get the Daedric artifact that drops on the field, which is Volendrung, um, which normally is not a Sheagorath based artifact. Yeah. Yeah. The basis is Sheagorath has basically hijacked these artifacts and thrown them into the battlefield to just cause chaos. Um, Volendron being the one artifact that we've got currently floating around in, in Cyrodiil, which is the PVP zone. Um, when you go to the random location that is dropped at, because it is like chosen out of one of several areas it could be in and it's randomly chosen um it's actually guarded by golden saints like you have to kill golden saints to get to the actual artifact volendrong to be able to wield it on the battlefield so again yet another tie-in to shiagorath there's this always this tie and even when you see them somewhere else it's just much more prevalent that they're tied to shiagorath himself right right so yeah cool stuff well this was fun this is fun lotus uh uh, anything yeah, else this you guys is a good one going on you want to share before we head out no not really um we we did a big deep dive i think i had mentioned it last show that we did kind of like a big deep dive it was me and arcaneer i think we rambled for like two hours um we obviously covered you know the news like we normally do on uesp's uh tales of tamriel but we kind of dove into the 
big hotness at the moment, which is still Starfield um, in a lot of regards. It's still Starfield. It's still Starfield. They mm-hmm. just mentioned that 10 million people have logged yeah. on to Starfield, which is wild. Um, but we um, did a pretty deep dive because we've both been playing the game quite a bit. I really enjoy Starfield. Um, but Bethesda games are not to sound demeaning, but Bethesda games are Bethesda games. They have ties to each other. Like mm-hmm. if you don't like Bethesda game, like a Bethesda game, you might not like another one. Like they have, they're independent of each other, but they do have their, their connective tissues. similarities in the way that they, they do their stories, the way the characters Absolutely. work, the way the combat works, like a lot of that without stuff. Without a doubt. Yeah. And um, we went into a deep dive as to like all the stuff we've experienced with Starfield. I'm at sitting about 30 hours. Ark is well over a hundred. Uh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. He, he's really lost control of his life. <laughs> with Starfield. Um, but we went into a lot of the stuff where there are a lot of things that I think Starfield shows great promise on. I am very excited to see what they evolve yeah. these so, systems into for right. Elder Scrolls six. So a, con- a continuation of our conversation about that, but you guys delve yeah. even deeper. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We went really like a very long time as we tend to do. on tales. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see. Uh, I mean, it's still a long ways off. Um, we just recently also had all those Microsoft leaks, which are interesting. Um, and some of them, I feel people are not piecing together the parts properly anymore like one of the big ones is why is there such a drop in expected revenue for the elder scrolls online next year and then when i looked at the chart it's because the elder scrolls 6 was supposed to be out <laughs> so it's like <laughs> right so they thought some of the crowd would like, eat well, it would yeah, yeah cannibalize some of the crowd would make sense yeah but now it's like well they're continuing on with what they're doing um right and and stuff right. like that but um yeah, no, just in general, uh, that's really been like my big thing is all those leaks reading into all of it. And um, it's still a long way off, but I'm definitely excited for the Elder Scrolls six based on what we've seen from Starfield, because I feel the engine looks much, much better. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, I'm so excited. I mean, I, I love Starfield, but holy moly, give me give me I, another I main Elder too. Scrolls game and I will I will double love it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That, like that's both that's are great, but oh my god, I'm so ready. It's been so well, long, and oh. as much as I love Fallout, it's not my Elder Scrolls. It's it's like yeah, oh, this yeah. is my like there's, oh, I really love Fallout, but like there's something about magic and melee weapons in that yeah. world that is and like creepy skeletons in dungeons and like that kind <laughs> of stuff. And I love I love ghouls. I love Fallout. I love I love Starfield. Sure, I love too. space pirates. All of that stuff is great. But there's something about that fantasy world and the One deep lore in with it you the most. Yeah, that just resonates. I find. Like if if those are nines, that's a ten. You know, it's just like uh, right, and uh, and, that, and that's kind of it. Um, it's been so long since we've seen a full release from Bethesda, um, and I'm really glad that a lot of people that they've got this sci-fi fix. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad they did what they needed to do now Absolutely. i'm ready for the next thing but of course it's going to be a few years so oh yeah it's going to be a bit yeah um yeah. hopefully not my prediction of 2035 but 
yeah yeah but i, I guess we'll see we'll, we'll just yeah, have to see we will see so we will see cool. we'll but, go, uh, go check yeah, out tales nope. of tamriel because uh, yeah, obviously absolutely if you're if you're interested in our thoughts there yeah awesome and of course I've, i'm doing the starfield lorecast we just recorded a new episode today with zero period productions and ken from chat of fallout 76 uh both creators with bethesda content and their perspectives on starfield having worked on bethesda content for a long time both you know elder scrolls and, and fallout so that's a fun episode that should be up by the time you're hearing this and uh also lots of other stuff uh you know uh, robots radio.net for all my stuff uh but thank you for being here chat thank you for joining us and lotus thanks for being here everybody have a Absolutely. wonderful rest of your week stay safe out there in that crazy that crazy world of tamriel or in the shivering isles if you happen to be visiting that place uh be yeah. careful also I guess to close things out, one thing that is super weird and forever ties me to this series, um, it is my birthday when we're recording this, but it is also um, the same day that Microsoft officially announced that they acquired Bethesda. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's that's very right. weird yeah, yeah. that that ties in together. Yeah. Um, well, happy birthday. Uh-oh. Oh, um, you just paused for a second. I was like, did I just, what happened? Like, you're, everything froze. No. <laughs> you're uh, back. Well, sort of. Oh, now you're back. <laughs> nope. Yeah, now I'm back. Okay, now you're back. <laughs> it's too much for the internet to comprehend. Um, I guess so. But it, it, it's funny because, like, it's such an arbitrary thing that, like, originally, uh, when this happened a couple of years ago now, I had a mix of happy birthdays mixed with hey bethesda is officially owned by microsoft because everybody knows how much i enjoy bethesda games mm -hmm. and now it's just like i'm permanently intertwined with the acquisition of bethesda right right man our connection is being super yeah. weird uh but well happy birthday lotus and yeah i'm, I'm glad you got thanks. you got bethesda microsoft as a birthday present i don't know uh but thanks for That's tuning weird. in everybody yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're heading out before the internet just crashes totally we'll see you next time stay just safe totally out there guys <laughs> bye everyone bye everybody Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time